0: Hey, you're listening to Bring Me the Axe. I'm Brian White. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and brother, Dave White. How you doing, Dave? Oh,
1: pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Tell you a thing that happened to me today. I was out for a walk and walked through Harvard Square and turned a corner. I almost walked right smack into a fucking turkey. These things are a goddamn menace.
0: a turkey in Harvard Square? Oh, Yeah. That's a problem. Like yeah. I see them around here all the time but I live in the fucking sticks. That's yeah. crazy.
1: <laughs> I do not and they are a menace. They're
0: terrifying. Uh, they're scared, terri- scared the shit out when of me. When I used me. to go running, I used to see them like they they'd be like on the side of the road and like I'd they're terrifying. They're scary looking birds. I'd go on the other side of the road and they would sit there and they would do this fucking thing where they drag their their fucking talons across the the cement Yeah, they are threatening God damn fuck those things.
1: They're challenging you to a I, do I don't care for it. I read a thing once that was like, you, you got to put them in the <laughs> turn at them. Like you got like, cause they'll like, they'll get in the middle of the road and they'll just like fucking stand there and be a jerk. And the thing was like, sometimes you got to just bump them with your car. They will move. eventually. <laughs> they don't want to die. And I'm like, you know what? I'm all for it. I don't have a car, but if I did, I would hit all that's of them. fucking crazy. Because I hate. them. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the thing that happened. It's to me.
0: like, uh, the movie Wolfen, but with turkeys. Yeah. Yep. Turk, 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 Turk,
1: Turk, Turk, two electric. <laughs>
0: uh, so it's been a pretty crazy year for us. Uh, we experienced some pretty crazy growth. We had a bunch of great guests. I found an audience of listeners that I truly treasure. Uh, you guys who I interact with over on Instagram. Uh, I love you. Keep listening. I appreciate you. Uh, we also found our niche in a very noisy space. We never really set out to be an 80s horror movie podcast, but it just sort of happened naturally. Yeah, didn't we, though? Yeah. I mean, come on. I guess. Well, let's be I like to think that I stay contemporary. You know, like I.
1: If this list that we're looking at has taught us anything, it's that it, this
0: was an <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, oh, I do eventually color outside the lines. This sort of happened that way. It's weird. But uh, yeah, we do watch modern horror movies. And we thought it might be prudent to present a roundup of 2023's winners and losers as far as we're concerned. So uh, just, shit that I yeah, watched. Things that I watched in 2023. Some I liked. This things I remember. <laughs> Pepperidge Farms remembers. Uh just before we get into it, here's a little housekeeping. You want to keep up with us between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at bring me the axe pod, and you can find uh Dave at that queer wolf. Uh we're having a good time over there. And you will too. I pretty much guarantee it. We've also got a sweet website at axe.com You can listen to all our past shows there and read the transcripts. And you can also contact us directly at bringme the pod at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or suggestions. Do let us know if there's a movie that you love and like to hear us give it the business. But lastly, if you like what you hear, you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, and you'd be doing us a favor by leaving us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, we're also over on YouTube now. If uh, you prefer to consume your podcast, heard of it? If you want to do podcasts that way, uh, we would love it if you subscribed over there as well. Uh, you know,
1: I just tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your fucking friends. Tell your mom. Uh, tell your English teacher in high school. Uh, yeah your tell the baby your first girlfriend daughter,
0: doctor, your first boyfriend I don't
1: I'm I'm going to tell my first girlfriend
0: for yeah. sure. Yeah. I'll just call him up. Just be like, "Hey, remember me?" No, that's too bad. Well, anyways, I got this podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, I bet she remembers me.
0: <laughs> oh boy. So, uh, yeah, 2023 in review. Um, I saw way more movies this year than I I was expecting to um i did too oddly
1: enough i was like well i bet i've seen five of these and i saw a lot more than five
0: yeah yeah i pulled it up like i've been i you know and just because it's kind of a characteristic of my personality like i obsessively catalog like everything and so i've got one of those letterboxed accounts where you just like hey i watched these movies on this day and you can like leave you know thoughts i i I do it on instagram every now and then with sort of like you know snarky remarks about the movies that I watched. And like, I looked at all the stuff I watched in 2023 and I was like, damn, like I've seen that many movies. And it was mostly horror movies. Like, you know, so we figured we'll start from the bottom up the bad. Cause there were way more bad movies than good movies. So I, Surprise. yeah, I intend to bring up pet cemetery bloodlines, which, you know, I didn't see it. Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, it was sort of like on one day. And so I was just like, you know, fuck it. We'll watch it. All this shit that's on Hulu,
1: I mean, I I think we have Hulu, but I I don't think I've ever like I don't watch these yeah. movies ever. I, I mean I, I mean I watch I watch a lot of movies. I don't watch a lot of TV. And so it's like if it's not on Shudder yeah. or uh Sitting on My Shelf or the Hallmark channel, I
0: probably yeah. haven't seen it. Yeah.
1: Was was Pet Cemetery Bloodlines on the Hallmark channel?
0: Maybe.
1: Question mark? Uh, it was not, and that is why I. Haven't
0: seen it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this movie, it, I'll give you a little uh, just a rundown. It's basically you. You've read the you read the novel, yeah. So the the uh, it's I can't remember if it's just a, a part of a chapter or if it's a chapter. It's the Timmy Bateman part of like. Well, the, okay.
1: Well, which which is one of the cooler parts of the
0: book. True this expands it greatly and it's all fucking nonsense bullshit arbitrary lore building like
1: is it do they still rip off like this is a native legend oh yes oh yes 100% but
0: they actually you know because it's you know it's a 2023 movie they've actually got like uh, indigenous people in the movie you know so but uh, yeah there's this whole thing where like in order to kill the thing that comes back you have to like shoot it in the eyes or something (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> something which was just com- completely lame. This is
1: how you know movies don't need to be remade when you're really like really going out of your way to be like, how can I make this fresh?
0: Well here's some dumb shit. Yeah, it's it's okay, it yeah. reeks of oh, uh no. producer notes is the problem. And it's like you just didn't have to do that. But I mean really honestly the worst its worst crime is that uh it's boring and it's forgettable. Like I it's also
1: such that the Pet Cemetery is such a quintessentially 80s story. Death. That to try to elevate it or take it in any direction is like it's not going to work. I mean, they did it. They did the remake, and it was like, wow, this movie
0: sucks. Yeah.
1: And probably not. Not. It's not everyone. You know, it's not their fault. I think it probably just got noted to death.
0: But yeah, yeah. But it had. I mean, on the upside, it had a really great cast. It had, it had Henry Thomas in it. It had Samantha Mathis and uh, David Duchovny as yeah. well. Yeah. So oh,
1: Mulder,
0: yeah. Right? Uh So you know, it had that going for it, which is nice. Uh, following that up was the boogeyman, which was also, also a Stephen King, also a Stephen King. It's in night shift.
1: And it's a fairly straightforward story. That's like, if you were to be like, Hey, which Stephen King short story do you think is going to make a great feature length movie?
0: I would not choose. Yeah. It's this. like trucks. It's like 20 pages long and it, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of like, it, it's, the sort of thing that, like, in order to turn it into, like, a feature film, you have to extrapolate greatly and sort of, like, add add a lot to it. Uh, See above. It's like Bloodlines. It was just, it was boring. There was so much fucking hype about it, too. When it came out, like, Stephen King wouldn't shut up about how great it was. But, like, as we've kind of come to find out, like, it, you have write him a check. He'll say whatever you want him to.
1: Yeah, I mean he's the he's the Jamie Lee Curtis of authors. He's just like this was the best one ever, and it's like, dude, they can't all be the best one ever. So, they can't, not like not everyone can be the future of
0: authors. <laughs> yep, yeah, only Clive Barker apparently. So, uh, following that up, no one will save you. Which I know nothing about
1: this movie. I I've heard the name a bunch of times, and it was like this looks like an alien story.
0: It is okay. So it's about uh, it's about a woman whose town and most specifically her home comes under attack by like aliens in a UFO, but the gimmick and it's really, really in love with this gimmick is that nobody says a word in it. Ugh, yeah. yeah so like that's been done before. And like, I always think of the Buffy, the vampire slayer episode with the Which gentleman. Is an
1: okay. Episode. I it's think it's a great episode. Very cool.
0: It's the one that drew that drew that drew me in. Like I ignored that show for a really long time, and then I saw that one with Bridget one night, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like that's what Buffy the Vampire Slayer is. And she's like, "Yeah, it's, it's stupid that you haven't watched it."
1: Yeah, well, you Doug you add Doug Jones to anything, and it is gonna be really fucking cool because that guy's
0: yeah. awesome. But like everything, uh, uh, everything. I'll about tell you it, what
1: though, you want to see how you want to see that shit work out really well. There is an episode of BoJack Horseman, yeah. that is completely dialogueless. Uh, maybe with with the exception of like some shit at the beginning and end, that is an example of how to do it really well.
0: Yeah. Because I think that show did
1: everything really
0: well. You know what? I've never seen a single episode of it.
1: It is the most heartbreaking thing I've ever seen ever anywhere. (laughs) It is absolutely brilliant. It is one of the best shows I think that has ever been on television and it is, it will break you apart nine times out of 10. Jesus Christ. Because it is, despite being a bunch of anthropomorphized animated animals, it's the most human show ever created. Huh.
0: For better or worse. Is that on Adult Swim? Huh. Netflix. Ah, okay. But yeah, uh, other, like, this was a huge, huge hype project. I am, like, one of, like, five people who did not like this movie, apparently. I just, I strongly rejected it. I just, I hated it. I thought it was- Aliens aren't
1: my bag, and neither are gimmicks. I really hate gimmicky shit, because it's like, if this is the best you've got, then fuck off.
0: The gimmick was really fucking boring. Uh, The aliens were super crappy. It was all CGI aliens- and they look like CGI aliens. Uh, it just nothing. Nothing really worked. And there's this whole trauma subtext to it. That just feels, oh, dear God. feels tacked uh, on because every modern horror movie has to have some kind of trauma subtext. Look,
1: to if, it. if you have to beat us over the head with this shit, then you're not as good at, at this as you think you are.
0: Yeah. Yep. No, thank you. No one will save you. Uh, bringing up the, after that there was Onyx, the fortuitous and the talisman say- of souls.
1: Uh, this got are, real limited release, though.
0: Wicked, and then it, and then it went to streaming. So, are you familiar with the character? Only in like weird
1: clips you have sent me.
0: Okay, that's about it. So like, he's like, like
1: a goofy, like a kind of chubby nerd who carries a lunchbox.
0: Yeah, yeah, and he like, he you know, seems like a
1: very like uh, Adult Swim uh, circa two thousand four.
0: <laughs> yeah, like this so, has a
1: real kind of like too many cooks vibe to
0: it. He had a, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's actually, no, that shit's that's, that stuff's a little twisted and weird. This is just, he's just an awkward nerd. Uh, it's like a he,
1: less, a less funny Zach Galifianakis.
0: Maybe. But the thing is, is okay. So here's the thing. It's, it's a kid. It's a It's an, uh, a guy named Andrew Bowser. I think that's his name. And when he does the joke, it's like in five minute segments. And when he does it like that, it's fucking hilarious. It's it when it's short, it's super funny. Like he really kind of he'd been doing it a little bit before this, but he he came onto everybody's radar when he did a segment when the Satanic Temple revealed that statue, and so he shot this this short that made it look like he was standing in line to see the statue, and that one is the one that got around and kind of exposed him to everybody. It is objectively very funny, uh, but when you when you when you stretch it out to like feature length movie, it gets old after about five minutes. I'm just like, Oh God, this I was exactly what I was afraid of would happen. Yeah, Cause
1: awkward is funny for a minute. Awkward becomes exhausting after about 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. I was looking forward to this one too. Cause like, again, I think the character is really funny, but my, my worst fear was like realized almost immediately. Uh, but it seems like the movie itself seems like a, there's a story and uh, like Barbara uh, Crampton's in it for like a few minutes. And uh, oh, I,
1: mean, I think she's contractually obligated to be in every.
0: <laughs> she's kind of like that these days. But yeah, like it, it's got a, it's got a decent cast, but it seems like a bunch of vignettes that were all put together in a writer's room by like different writers and then slammed together into a single movie. And just in the end, why that doesn't it, sound jarring at all. It doesn't. And there's like a really long song and dance scene where they recreate the meatloaf video for, I would do anything for love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, you
1: know what's really interesting that people still do this shit. Like, that was a funny gimmick in Blazing Saddles because that was 1970. What? Three, four?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: It it doesn't work anymore because we've seen it in so many goddamn things. Stop putting jokey songs in your horror movies or whatever. Like just stop
0: doing it. Yeah. But I mean it's it is it is it, it's it's stated that it's a horror comedy. It's just it's a horror comedy that stops being funny after like a couple of minutes. So uh I, I'm a, I got a few more on here. What do you got that's uh, that I don't think is on my list?
1: Uh, it's not on your list, um, or
0: or just in general. Well, see well where it,
1: so what I got that you didn't see, uh, Hell House, Hell House LLC Origins. Do you know anything about this franchise?
0: I've watched the very first one, and I thought it was okay.
1: That was sort of where I was at. I was like, "Well, oh, this is this all feels very familiar." But as far as a found footage horror movie goes, sure, why not? I think I've seen it a couple times at this point. And then I watched the second one, and then the third one and then this one and it's like
0: you keep Oh shit making so you've you've the seen them all sa- I've seen them all
1: like you keep making the same movie and there's not much variation between it and I know a lot of people really liked this movie yeah. and my question is why you're a director and you you succeed pretty you know pretty handily with your first movie why is your your decision to keep making that movie?
0: Because is it always by the the yeah,
1: same guy, got same, guy got same crew guy. the whole time it's like presumably you have probably gotten offers to do other shit by this point. Oh I yeah, mean, you have a deal with Shutter. So why do you keep making the same story? Like, and and I think when when that is the question, the answer is probably almost always that this is all you've got. Like yeah. you're you're kind of a one trick pony. And this movie has I think it had some decent scares and some unsettling moments. It's it's essentially like most of them, uh, kind of a locked box story. They're all in this house. Um, problem but with this one characters are so thoroughly unlikable yeah like you know it's this idea of like it's uh, it's kind of a riff on what's um what's the main character is it heather in uh Blair Witch yeah it's a little bit like that where like she's so driven and like she's she kind of seems like a bitch and it's like this is just a fucking tired trope of like the bitchy woman who's like obsessed uh. with them like oh, this is boring. Um, the clown thing is kind of obnoxious at this point. Like, I don't think clowns are scary. I think the people that are super like, oh my God, they're terrifying. I'm like, yeah, are they though? Or are you kind I, of playing it up maybe a little bit?
0: Uh, when I lived, when I was, when I was in school, I had this poster that had like, uh, it was, it was a promo for this, this animation called bingo, the clown, which was like a, a demo software for this thing called a uh, uh, Maya that, I think all the special effects like VFX people use today but they, they did it with this thing that involved clowns and my roommate's girlfriend saw it and had a fucking nervous breakdown. So people are apparently very f- afraid of I I mean clowns. I don't know
1: maybe I I think that shit's a little bit played out and pretty boring. I
0: yeah I don't get I don't get the clown thing. Not scary. I, and when when you have to go out of your way to make them scary like yeah.
1: eh. like when they've got blood on their mouths and shit. and like there's like a weird 80s kidnappy subplot to this that doesn't make a lot of sense, or like a 60s, I don't know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. There's a lot of shit thrown in the blender. It feels like it's just kind of checking spooky boxes. Yeah. I think he is capable of making something interesting. I just don't know why he keeps making the same fucking movie.
0: Yeah. Who knows? It could be a thing that's just like, oh shit, I'm gonna give the people what they want, you know?
1: I mean, I, that's my, my assumption is like, well, it worked the first few times. You know, don't mess with a good thing. And it's like, well, all that tells me is that you're not a very creative person then. Yeah. Which might yeah. be unfair, but it's like you, you haven't shown me anything else yet. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what else did I watch that you didn't see? Oh, my God. Uh,
0: something called She Came From the Woods. Oh, you told me about this one. I, I Now, this, this
1: was. One. Um, uh, my, I just have a note that says so forgettable and awful. <laughs> um, I think this was a to be original. And I didn't know that when oh, I no. tracked it down. I, I went through a run recently of Tubi originals and uh tell you what, they are all real
0: fucking well, bad. Here's the thing is I love Tubi because of the the absolute it is a black hole of yeah, just
1: I have been out there championing Tubi for years. Oh yeah. D- and people delicious. are like, What they were like, What is Tubi? And now it's like everyone's like, Oh, Tubi's so great. I'm like, You fucking.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is a black hole of just delicious garbage, yep. but it is garbage. And so if they yeah, like- this is
1: a this movie is a uh, a blend of the Blair Witch Project and like every 80s slasher. Like it's really trying to capitalize on the kind of um, what was it Fear Street that did the uh, that triple G where the middle one was like a slasher uh, camp movie. Yes, yes, it's that everybody's a stereotype. It's tropes galore. I mean, you got William Sadler and he's great for a little bit, but the movie was just fucking garbage. It's, it's a to be original. I, that's pretty much all I should to
0: say. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. So uh, let me, let me hit you with another one. I saw uh, this, this one is probably going to drive some people nuts. Cause I, I apparently, again, I'm the only person who did not care for it. Uh, suitable flesh, which uh, was supposed never to, never heard of it. It was uh, so again, Barbara Crampton. Wait, no, I
1: have heard of it, but that's about as far
0: as it goes. Yeah, Barbara Crampton, Heather Graham, contractually oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, obligated. <laughs> uh, but the whole the whole draw of it was it was sold like a Stuart Gordon H.P. Lovecraft thing because it is it is an adaptation of the thing on the doorstep, which is one of my favorite Lovecraft stories, and it's it's a shame that this one ends up where it does because. I don't really get it. I'm like a fucking lifetime member of the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society. Like, I'm a fucking fan, and I never get to talk about him very much. Unfortunately, the best adaptations were made in the 80s. Yeah, by
1: Stuart
0: Gordon. By Stuart Gordon. Uh, this one was written by Dennis and I Pilly. will say,
1: though, a, a close runner-up is those uh, BBC Four, that series that they did the – was it called the Lovecraft? What is it?
0: Uh, the uh, – <sighs> I've heard all of them, except for the latest one. And yes, agree 100%. Those are fantastic. Yeah, go look that shit
1: up, because that show is fucking great. I mean, Lovecraft? I wish I could
0: remember what it's called. Lovecraft Lo- Chronicles? Lovecraft Files, Lovecraft Case Files, something like that. God, there's s- I know, we suck. They're so fucking good, though. Um, but yeah, it had a lot of hype. Dennis Paoli was the writer on it. He wrote the, you know, the whole 80s ones. Uh, it was supposed to be, like, spiritually in tandem with, like... Uh, from beyond because it was like sexy,
1: which is like the least of the eighties ones. Like I think it's a fun movie. It's gross as shit.
0: I love it. Uh, love it to death. But yeah, definitely, definitely a minor leaguer one for some reason. Cause I think that it's very, very good. I think it was just unavailable for a really long time. I mean,
1: time. if you don't get Richard bands to do your music, then you
0: can get the what fuck the fuck out. are you? Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? What are you, but, uh, what are you doing?
1: Suitable flesh? Where's my Richard band soundtrack.
0: Yeah, it was supposed to be like, it was was a big hype. It was a thing. It failed to deliver on its promise as far as I'm concerned. It was hammier than campy, which I think is a very important distinction to make. Uh, There were times where I was like fucking cringing. But I will say this, horror movies could stand to be a little sexier these days.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They could stand to be a lot of things these days. A lot of things that aren't depressing and tragic.
0: Yeah, yeah. This one definitely tried to go in the direct in that like in the sort of opposite direction. It was you know supposed to be kind of fun and campy and silly. It's you know there's some decent there's some decent gore, but there are just the acting is so over the top. Uh, You know I think the problem is because I think about this a lot.
1: You know as we previously stated that we we are a bit stuck in the past when it comes to the shit we really enjoy. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is like when people made this stuff in the seventies and eighties. And even into the 90s, a little bit, it was done with genuine enthusiasm, but it it wasn't done with, like, a, isn't this going to be funny, wink, wink, kind of thing. And it's like, look, you can't c- camp. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Camp is unintentional.
0: Yeah. There's oh, a yeah. reason
1: why people are drawn to it. And by people, I mean gay men. It, <laughs> it, it, there's a reason why this shit happens. It, it's not a thing you can set out to do. So when, like, you're like, we're going to make this really hilarious throwback thing, I'm like, fuck you. Get out oh, of here. Oh, yeah. That, yeah.
0: You yeah. It's, shit. it's, it's like, um, when the like, have you seen the movie Birdemic? Yes. Okay. So when he made that movie, he made that movie in earnest. Like that yeah. was that was you know that was his magnum opus. You know, but then he made sequels and was right. like and was aware of what he had done the first time and how people received it. And so when he made those ones, they yeah, you can't you
1: can't you, capture the magic anymore because the magic was p- part of that magic is that it is so earnest. It's done yeah. with such genuine love for the thing and and even though we are sometimes laughing at these movies I'm also really appreciative of that joy and that appreciation that goes into the movie and when you try to do something that is intentional like say a sharknado or something I find it offensive because what it's really doing is that it's mocking that that joy and that earnestness yeah And I, like that I'm just kind of like, you can fuck off with that. Like, I'm not, I'm not here for your weird cynical cash grab. Like I, even when it's done by horror people, I'm like this, that makes it even worse.
0: I agree. 100%. I think that a lot of, a lot of what, what makes the movies that we do, like when we do stuff and we are just like, it sounds like we're ripping on them. Like we are a little bit, but like for, for real, they're
1: objectively silly, but they're done with such love that it's like, it's so infectious.
0: Yeah, honesty goes a long way in making a movie, yeah. you know. Uh, moving on. Uh, I think you saw this one, Five Nights at Freddy's.
1: I did see this movie. Wasn't it originally called Willie's Wonderland? Isn't this that same fucking movie that Nicolas Cage made?
0: Oh, no, no, no. Are you unaware of the sort of legacy of Five Five Nights at Freddy's? Well, it's a video game, right? Yeah, so, so Willie's Wonderland is a ripoff. Of the game, of the game, because I think they'd been trying to make Five Nights at Freddy's for a really long time, and I think
1: I know why they they had trouble making it.
0: Yeah, and so that one came along and just was like, "Hey, this looks familiar to that thing," you know. I yeah, you
1: know which one is better, the one that looks familiar.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I, I the thing is, is I don't think I'm the right audience for this movie. No,
1: I am definitely not either. And I think I said that to you when I watched it. I was like, I don't know who this movie is for, but I'm pretty sure I'm not it.
0: It's for 15 year olds, basically. Yeah. That's, that's because I don't it. understand
1: like it's it's all it was all over the place. Like again, we're back with that. Like dolls are scary. Uh clowns are scary. I'm like, no, they're not scary. You see okay. statues every day. They're not terrifying,
0: are they? No, but we watched it with Ash, who was fucking in it was just like in rapture from this movie because it was every single thing he because he knows all about it all the fucking lore all the detail and there is deep lore there's actually a character in the movie who's a, who's played it's a it's a cameo by a guy who ran uh, runs a very high profile YouTube channel who basically Ugh, who basically his whole thing was he did all these fan theories about it because the game was released sort of episodically. And so they started to kind of like game out like what's happening over here and what's the story with this detail and all this. And personally, I have a detail. I have like I have my own theory that this guy's name's Matt Pat. And I think that he personally, he wrote all of that game simply by musing about it on his YouTube channel. And the game's creator was like, Thanks, Matt Pat. I'm gonna write all this stuff in because later on they'd be like, What the fuck? Matt Pat was right. So I think I think personally, the game's creator was just like taking other people's notes and just. Well,
1: re- I did not have an eleven-year-old rattling on in my ear when I watched this, so yes. I had to make this shit up on my own, and yeah. I was like, I, it. I think they had moments that were okay, like uh, I, this sort of. Um, there's people inside. The, I don't know. It didn't make sense. You know what it, it felt doesn't. like to me? It felt like uh, that shitty 13 Ghosts remake that came out in the early 2000s where it's oh, like, yeah. wow, did you even watch the original movie? Because oh, it's yeah. not this.
0: But uh, yeah, I personally I think the whole Five Nights at Freddy's thing is fucking stupid. Um, I, it was made popular because like high profile YouTubers, like fucking PewDiePie and shit, made built a fucking empire on. Right, prete- see, you on- can't
1: trust these guys. They always turn out to be creeps.
0: Yeah, yeah, and these guys, they what they did was they built, they built an entire empire on pretending to be afraid of the game. So that's.
1: Kind which of we, again, I think this is the thing that, this is what I was saying about clowns again, We come back to this, like, it's supposed to be scary. Ooh, isn't it scary? And the answer is no, it's not. Yeah. It's an animatronic thing. Like I get it, the Chuck E. Cheese thing. And then that other fucking one that everybody loves. Yeah, I get, like, it's just cashing in on, on, uh, sort of dumb cultural things and nostalgia. And I'm just, I'm either, I it's, I'm too old for it, I guess is I, where we're landing on this, yeah, yeah. which is the, where the I can see why it appeals to people.
0: The thing that's really interesting about that to me, though, is that a lot of the fans of that IP are like a, an entire generation removed from ever having the Chuck E. Cheese experience. Right. So it's this whole hauntology thing. Right. That they so got to them,
1: on. it's uh, I, I still love the term hauntology. Yeah, it's great. But
0: uh, yeah, it, it's way it's, to it, twist an
1: academic thing. Horror people. <laughs> you did something right for once.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's that, you know, this kind of gave rise to the whole analog horror thing, which we're going to fucking spit. I'm, I'm going to spike as hard as I possibly can with my fucking worst movie of the year. But uh, before we get there, uh, what you got anything else?
1: I do. Uh, I'm going to hit you. I got two more that you did not see. Um, the first one is a movie called Sick that came out the very beginning of the year. I'm Remember familiar
0: I'm familiar with it, but I did not see it now. So this was supposed
1: to be, uh, well, I, I believe this was supposed to be a big deal because this was a movie that is produced and written by Kevin Williamson of Scream. all right. All right and uh, I know what you did last summer, et cetera, et cetera. And, and uh, it should have been a big thing, and it wasn't. And I think I know why, because this was um, – so I'm going to step back. Like I think it is fair to say that there is not a person alive whose life was not dramatically affected and uh, or uh, kind of uh, changed by the pandemic, for better or
0: worse. Sure.
1: And – we have not yet even begun to reckon with any of that. And so the, along comes this movie that is, uh, it has a very strong political agenda. It really traffics in the uh, the more polarizing, uh, divisive political arguments about the pandemic. And I think if we hold it up against something like that movie, Host, did you see that?
0: I have not seen Host either. So
1: Host was a movie that came out, I think, pretty early on. It was either t- uh, 2020 or 20, early 2021. And it it starts from this uh, this kind of shared uh, feeling of isolation because everybody was doing the same thing at that time. Yeah. And so it's, you know, we can all recognize this and it resonates. And then it moves on into more of like a a fairly standard uh, kind of like haunting paranormal story. And, you know, it goes there and there. And I think people, it resonated with people because we were all stuck inside at the time. This movie comes along a couple of years later it is a lot more uh, thorny, and uh, there's, it, there's a lot of kind of precarious stuff in it. And I think that's, that goes a long way to explaining why it doesn't really work, because it, it's so uh, kind of firmly anchored to this moral plot device about, you know, uh, the consequences of being reckless with uh, public health, yeah. that when, it, when you sort of try to separate it from that, it, it's just a really uncompelling story. And it's sort of like, um, again, it's another one of those kind of locked room uh, stock and slash. It's very familiar. It feels a lot like, what was the, uh, uh, "Your are Next. Yeah. It feels a lot like that. And it even tries, like, it tries to give you this big reveal at the end. And, but it, it feeds you so many breadcrumbs along the way. Like, by the time you get there, it's much less of a gasp than it is kind of like a, a shrug. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I kind of saw this one coming. And it, I don't know. I think it's its biggest folly was that you just tried to do this too soon like this is a thing this was a trauma that we have not even begun to process and probably won't for for many many years and so to try to make a movie about it when it's all still so hot and and uh enraging it just doesn't work because it ever i think everybody gets caught up in the politics of it and nobody was really wanting to do that at the time like you know, we're two years in and it's kinda like I don't wanna have to think about that. You know, you you got your politics into my horror.
0: Yeah, yeah type
1: of thing. And I don't think it, it was nobody was ready for it or wanted. And it was just generally not a very good movie. That's too bad. It's right. real preachy. It just comes across as kind of forced. Um well made, acting's fine, but it's like just not a great story and it's just Con- too
0: soon. conceptually, it just doesn't land, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe so, you
1: know it's the kind of thing that maybe we'll come back to in a couple of years and be like, "This movie actually was pretty good. It was just too early to talk
0: about it." Gotcha. So yeah, before we hit my absolute worst uh, pick of the year, let me get you. Oh, one. I've got another one
1: that's an absolute worst for you. Yeah,
0: let me let me let me hit you with one more. Uh, did you didn't see? Did you see Malum? No. Fucking hate it. I'm Malum. familiar
1: with it. I saw a bunch of shit about it, and I was like, "Well, maybe I'll check this one out eventually." But you know, I have there's things from the '60s to watch. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I saw the original one a few years ago called It's called The Last Shift, and it, this is a remake of that. I did by, see that. But so it's the same movie, but it's it's and this this is a remake by the same filmmakers who were provided something like two million dollars to to make this movie proper, and somehow they made it worse.
1: And here's the thing, though: uh, if you're not Michael Haneke, you know what? Even if you are Michael Hennigan, don't remake
0: your own movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh the, the the problem with this is it's it's fucking nonsense. It's just it what it does is there's a lot of it like, looked
1: like gory, ghouly stuff, and I'm like, eh, hmm, I've seen it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like there's other movies that do that way better. Like this one will do a thing where it's like your man the main character is like going into a room and then something horrible happens, and then the lights go out and the lights come back on, and she's in another room entirely. And did that happen? I don't know. Maybe, but like it does that throughout the entire movie, right up to the end. Fucking tedious. I was so tired, and I had a headache at the end of the movie that I, I just there was a there was a movie from several years back called ba- uh, Baskin from uh, Turkey. Mm-hmm. That's I don't uh, that one. similar, very similar uh, in theme and tone. Way better, much better uh, uh, use of your time. Yeah, I feel like I feel like uh,
1: foreign the foreign markets are doing shit a lot better. Yeah, American
0: yeah like Baskin's got a lot of problems in terms of like it's storytelling, but it's got that long see- like sequence at the end with the, the father that is so fucking unsettling and unpleasant, uh, but so well delivered and just terrifying that like I, I will I will go back to that one any any old time, but I got to be in the mood for that one. But um, oh, I, I know
1: what your last I know what your worst one is.
0: Probably, probably but before but, you
1: get to it, I'm going to give you mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched so when you proposed this recently, I decided you know I, I threw together my list and I was like, well, let's see if I can jam another one into this. So I watched The Sacrifice Game. Oh God! This is a I, new one on uh, Shutter. Yeah, I think it just came out very recently.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it on the like, hey, you should watch this. And I'm yeah, like, people
1: Who? really love this movie. Hey, you know what? This movie fucking sucked. <laughs> it was, I I don't the cast of killers. Is really obnoxious. They're trying to give you like that Manson family giddy dopey thing that is so fucking tired and trite that like I don't I don't ever want to see another movie with so like it's, a, a young woman in like hippie dress shrieking about something. So you know, it's, if it's not it's,
0: Sherry Moon, get the fuck I out. I was of gonna it. say it's somebody doing a cover of a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah,
1: it's it's the it's Rob Zombie's Firefly family, but with a more obvious uh Manson family vibe. Oh god, they are insufferable. The plot is also extremely tired. It's uh, it's the Strangers. It's funny games. It's them. But with uh, a demonic twist that I don't give a shit about.
0: Oh, God. Like, I so have, it,
1: so it is, it's is like, the devil's uh, rejects. Yeah. It, it is like this is a, a fresh new take or whatever. This is not fresh new or anything. It's like this is the same shit we have seen for the last 10 or 15 years. Do something better. Yeah. We were forty minutes into this movie, and I I was already like, "How much of this is left?" I don't know if I can <laughs> sit through the rest of this. Like, no, and it's got some notable people in it. Like, this, one of the main stars is um, the guy who played Aladdin in the the live action Aladdin movie. Oh no, shit! All and right. he is so uncharismatic and boring that it's like you're the lead in this. Oh god. Uh, Gus Kenworthy, who I believe was a Olympic skater. Hmm. He's also trying to make his foray into acting. He, I mean, everyone's like, the acting is sort of like, well, it's fine, I guess. Like, it's, it's like I I don't know if you remember the uh, Family Guy's uh, skit where they're in like they're they're stuck in limbo and they're like, well, it's not bad, (laughs) it's not it's not good, but it's not bad. It's bad. It's just like you're all fine. This shit is just so tired.
0: Yeah. And it's made
1: worse when it's like you can tell that, that the filmmakers really feel like they're making something
0: real cool. Oh, no. and it's like
1: no. No. If you were if you were over 32 years old, you'd know that this movie has been made about 7 or 8 times already. Oh no. And better. Yeah. Like it's just like this is a tired premise of like we're breaking in and we're going to terrorize you, but we're also supposed to be kind of charming and wicked except they're not. That They're sucks. just awful. It's like, I can't wait for all of you to die so <laughs> this movie can be over. Yeah. Not going to watch that one. And it's like, it's supposed to have this like, um, you know, there's the big kind of reveal at the end where it's like, oh, it's going to be like a story about sisterhood. And I'm like, is it though? I don't <laughs> think so. Yep. I mean, Thelma and Louise is a story about
0: sisterhood. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. Yeah. yeah. It, right. it sucked. I, I can't get behind it. No, thanks. Doesn't sound very good to me. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you, hit, hit you with my last one and uh, like if it's, we're talking 2023 movies and I have not mentioned this one yet, you were gonna probably expect it to be either on my best of or my worst of. but uh yeah, this one is number one with a bullet for worst movie I saw this fucking year. I am very comfortable in saying that this is one of the worst movies that I have ever seen. and I have seen, Hundreds, thousands of movies. This is one of the absolute fucking worst movies I've ever seen. I would go and watch Andy Warhol's Empire State before I watched <sighs> this. All of it. And I'm talking about Skinnerink, a fucking word I hate saying so goddamn much out loud. This movie... It uh, feels
1: Canadian. Is it Canadian? I have
0: no idea. If it is... They need to just fucking. I don't know
1: why they would do that. They I would. Do, do, love, they, they should.
0: If, if this was made by a Canadian, Canada should deport this person. Uh, the thing is, this this movie is fairly equally divided among people who loved it and people who hated it. The well, thing this is, this sounds is, like
1: someone who's like, I want to do. This sounds like a great exercise. Let's do it. And then someone was like, You should make this into a feature film. And they this, do, and it doesn't work.
0: This probably would have been okay if it were like a fifteen to twenty minute long short film. But stretched out, it is. It there are long scenes of just a hallway, and or like I've door. got a
1: hallway. I don't need to watch TV. I can just look at that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Take one of those toy like Mister Telephones and put it in at the end of the hallway and just pretend you're frightened. Like I'm not convinced that anybody. I feel who,
1: like I feel like the theme through running through all these movies is just pretend you're frightened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like, I would say I'm not convinced that anybody who's praising this movie has actually watched the whole thing. I have, it's easily one of the worst, like I said, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Literally. And I
1: look, I am not anti experimental film. I love, I'm a huge fan of Kenneth anger. Dude. I love movies are nonsense.
0: I love avant-garde shit. I will, I will watch weird crap all the time. But the thing is, is that stuff tends Kenneth anger weird as fuck, but it's also super compelling. This is not. It's like. Um, yeah,
1: we can't all be David Lynch. All yeah, right.
0: Like, no, literally nothing happens in it.
1: I mean, I guess I guess I give people credit for trying because, you know, how else how else will I know if there is a new David Lynch if people don't keep trying? Yeah. But this, I, everything I've heard and read about this, I was like, well, this sounds like it is a movie that is not for me.
0: I don't really know who it's for. Um, it feels, I have it's-
1: ADHD and I get bored <laughs> very easily.
0: <laughs> it's up its own ass, like right out of the gate. It feels Ugh. like it was like somebody saw Ari Aster and was like, "Oh shit, I could do that too." I uh, had to force. I- what
1: I, I some someone needs to sick a turkey on Ari Aster.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, I had to force myself to finish this movie several times. There were there were times when I'm watching it, and I was like, "I could be doing literally anything else right now." Like, what am I doing right here? And I, I forced myself to finish it because I wanted to write about it, and then I fucking savaged it. Just like I'm doing now. Just I'm going to tell you what
1: I'm going to I'm going to hit you with one last one. And and it's totally unfair, completely uncalled for and wildly inappropriate for me to do this because I only watched about 20 minutes of this.
0: Ah, I know what you're going
1: to say. Go. It's a wonderful knife. Holy shit. Mm. Mm -hmm. I cannot do the let's go back in time. Let's do parallel time let's let's find something new let's find a new trope kids because okay. this one is done
0: so yeah we'll we'll talk a little bit about that when we get to the next section of the list because because one of those sort of like new school horror comedies is on my 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 next part and uh
1: and i know why they do it and i don't like it like it just sets up that like isn't it funny the way people used to talk and it's like well actually no it's not funny that we used to use words like that but <laughs> okay make a joke about it if you want to
0: yeah yeah so this uh this next section uh, these are uh, these are movies that I considered okay. Uh, and I'm going to start this list out with VHS eighty five.
1: I'm going to tell you right now, my first note says "boo." <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I've seen. I saw the first two of these. I've seen all of them, uh, and these move. These these are always. I love an anthology. I, I hate think, an
1: anthology, so that's probably where I go wrong here.
0: Okay. Yeah. See, I I love. I, I do love have an good anth- things to say about this movie. Yeah, I love an anthology. And but the thing is, is the VHSs are, I don't know, most most anthology movies that are, you know, like a collaboration of filmmakers are always a mixed bag.
1: The wraparound this, story in this feels a little bit clumsy and sort of stumbly. It, I it liked ha- the God of Death
0: story a lot. Uh, that one was pretty interesting. That's
1: the, that's the Gigi Sol Guerrero one. And and I liked that they included not just women directors, I liked that they included uh, Mexican directors. Oh yeah. The woman. I like that the story feels very Mexican. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other ones though that I was like that weird tech god one. I was like, what the fuck is this? And terrible. how did this sneak in here? This is awful.
0: Absolutely fucking terrible. I liked the I, li- I liked the wraparound one up until the very end because it felt like they got to it a it falls point apart.
1: It doesn't make much sense. It feels like it they feels were like. 80s and great up until that. And then you're like, oh, wh- what?
0: It was like they they wrote it to a point where they didn't really know what to do with it. And then we're like, okay, so tentacles, I guess. Yep. Um, what I,
1: I, the way I felt about this when we, when I finished watching it was
0: this feels like a movie
1: made by, uh, makeup and effects people. Yeah. Where they were like, we want to do really cool looking shit. It doesn't matter what the stories are because that is, ex- that's exactly what happens. The gore effects in this are spectacular.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, It is.
1: It is bloody and gory and messy as fuck. And it was great because it was all done with such glee that I really appreciated that. But like narratively, I'm just like, none of this shit goes together. It's pretty boring. Like if you just want to like, I don't know, watch people get chopped up in hilarious ways. Okay, fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Each. Well, the thing thing with the whole VHS thing is it's supposed to feel like these are a collection of videotapes of things that really happened. Um, and a couple of them really kind but, of, get. you know,
1: that's a thing that I think resonates with a certain age group. I don't know how it resonates with younger audiences, though. but if you didn't that grow is- up with like trading tapes and oh, no. seeking out faces of death, then this shit might feel a little bit boring.
0: I think that it, and all I did kind of, grow up with those, and I still think it's boring. <laughs> no, I think that this goes back to a lot of like the hotness on YouTube, like the like the back rooms, um, and a lot of that. Um, oh God, what is it? There's there's one that is. It looks like um, after the channel goes off the air for the night, they run this like tape that kind of sounds like it looks like it's an instructions from the government in order to resist some sort of invading enemy by literally everybody in America killing themselves. And then it's Christ. Everybody
1: look look, y'all just watch video drone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. David Cronenberg
1: is better than all of us, and he always will be. So just do that and skip this movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I think, like, for, from for, as far as I'm concerned, this analog thing can kind of chill out. But also, I might be too old for it. The, the kids love it. I think that's
1: more good. I think that's we're slowly approaching the, uh, <clears throat> the realization that these movies just aren't for us.
0: Oh, sure. There's a bunch of titles on this list that I think just don't resonate with me because I'm just too old for it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so my next one, uh, actually, let me let me throw it over to you. What do you got?
1: Uh, let's see. I don't know if I got anything on the, this section that you didn't see. Uh, well, I will. You know, I'm going to hit you. I'll, I'm going to take on a real thorny uh, one that might get me some some uh, bad bad reactions. Scream Six. Uh, okay. Let's talk about a movie that is completely unnecessary. Because here's <laughs> my question. Here's my question to you. Name one other franchise. Where people get to the sixth installment and they just can't fucking wait. I know. I, yeah. Yeah. I because you know what? These the first Scream movie is phenomenal. It was a revelation when
0: it came out. Objectively fucking
1: great. I think Bridget and I saw it three or four times in a row in the theater when it came. Yeah, out. I, I probably. And it was we- a great movie. The second I, one, I, mm, like that was one's pretty good. It's pretty good. It saved. Uh, Mostly by, uh, what is her name? Aunt Jackie.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. Uh, I feel her bad name. that
1: I can't remember her name right now. Yeah. But she's phenomenal in that. She really, really carries that movie. Yep. Um, but eh, it's not. And then it just, just sort of declines. It comes apart pretty quickly after that. No, yeah. this is one. I, so I had not been to the movies, like to a theater in more than a decade. And I got talked by some friends into going to this. Well, they were the whole theater.
0: yeah, you went with the morbid crew. I did.
1: And it, it was fine. Like it was fine. I feel like this one and the one before it are, are incredibly violent in a way that I found unsettling. And that feels like a weird thing to say about horror, but it's so brutal in a realistic way that it's like, there's no humor to this. This is all just extreme realistic violence that, I don't like, I don't like watching someone get brutally stabbed that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can, it it feels cool, but not, not in a way
1: that's like, you know, there's a lot of things I've watched that I feel are really violent. And it's like, I, I contextually, I understand why this was not justified. It felt really mean and it just lacked like it, you know, one of the the defining characteristics of the whole franchise is this kind of self-awareness. This movie has no self-awareness, while still trying to uphold this um, kind of meta horror identity, and it's like there's the disconnect, right? Okay,
0: there. I had two major problems with it, and one of them was that where at this point in its in its existence, it's trying to be meta about being meta, yeah, and that's just a bridge too fucking far. Uh, the You're other through thing,
1: looking glass here, and it's not working. <laughs> yeah,
0: the other thing that I don't care about is how fucking prevalent guns are in these slasher yeah. movies.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, we got to when we, in to the end of this movie when the big reveal happens at the end. I said out loud, without realizing that I was speaking out loud, I said. Jesus Christ! Because the reveal at the end of this is so fucking stupid. And it is a... and and like unrealistic in a way that feels offensive to me.
0: <laughs> I know. Where I'm just I like, felt...
1: okay, this is too much. You got it. Well, you got to fucking call it.
0: The problem for me is is that for the first couple of them, when I was really sort of you know personally invested in them. The twist legitimately caught me off guard, in spite of the fact that the very the first one is so is so fucking obvious. (laughs) But
1: you you well, that's the the brilliance of it because you're like, oh, I know who this is, and then they they make you second guess it, where you're like, wait, do I though? Like, it is an effective use of a red herring.
0: Yeah, I'm and I'm so invested that I am willing to go along with them and just play stupid. By this point, when this one came hit the end, I was like, oh, shit, I was right the whole time. Like, it was such a bummer for me. Well, because
1: you reach a point where you're like, oh, you're adding new stars to this. Well, that's the killer right there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's a competently made film. I think moving it to New York was a good choice. Oh, yeah. But they didn't bother to use, like, New York is an iconic
0: landscape. You didn't really use much of it at all. Oh, no. I'm sure it was mostly Toronto. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so it's like, so that doesn't really do much for you. I think the only real saving grace of this is Jenna Ortega, because I think Jenna Ortega is probably one of the best and most exciting actors I have seen in a very long time. Oh, yeah. And she really carries this because she is really, really good. And so is the, I can't, I don't know the other uh, young
0: woman's name. Is it Melissa Uh, Barrera?
1: Yes. She's pretty good, too. Uh, not quite at the same level, but I think, you know, it's it, it feels a little fresh. The problem is when you build a franchise around your protagonist rather than around your antagonist, you're kind of painting yourself into a corner because people are going to age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I I think there's something like, and again, this scream is a big uh, it's a big right now because like it's the way that like Friday the 13th or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was for us. This is sort of like for millennials and younger. This is sort of like those for them. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I, but even, you know, getting, when you get to, you know, Friday six or nightmare six, such as it is, uh, we all know those movies are terrible. Oh but yeah. To act like this one isn't like, I can't wait for scream seven. Like let these fucking people do something else, you know, to, <laughs> to constantly demand that they like yield to us to uphold the nostalgia. Like I don't need to see Courtney Cox come back for this. Courtney Cox is on a show Right now, that is actually pretty interesting and good. Watch Oh, yeah. That show. What's that one? Shining Veil? Vale? Shining Veil. Vale. Yeah. It's, like, it's a great, no, but it's interesting. It's something oh, yeah. different. Watch that. I don't need her to fucking do this one more time for us. Like, move the fuck on. Find something else. We don't need this over and over again. That is how I felt about this movie. I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake.
0: This sounds like it would have gone on the worst list for you. I personally... I not think it's really. I think it it's just fine. It's okay. It's just deeply flawed.
1: Yeah, I just don't like all of this. Like, well, you know, and Nev didn't come back for this. Nev Campbell is fucking fifty years old. God help her if she doesn't want to like play the same character she did twenty five years ago.
0: That's the thing. And man, making a movie is not a quick affair. Uh, you know, no. she no it's be like. And fucking, it's like we
1: come up with, like in you know this, and I don't want to get political, but like the the recent thing with uh, the Melissa oh, yeah. and like the thing about uh, uh, the the Israel Palestine thing and people are just like well they didn't support her and blah 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 and I'm just like you know what just shut the fuck up like <laughs> it's a goddamn movie you yeah. know like it's not it's not the end of the world you, you know, like, I don't I don't know I it, I thought it was fine I it just feels so unnecessary like I said I think if anything good comes out of it it's just more Jenna Ortega I think I love watching her be in shit because she's just so good.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: Which is why, again, you know, watch Shiny Veil, watch Wednesday, skip these fucking
0: movies. Yeah. yeah that, but people won't. They're probably, they're probably like skipping this section. Are they done talking about Scream Six yet?
1: Sorry. Uh, I know I just committed some weird gay cardinal sin.
0: Like, <laughs> sorry. The first two are
1: great, and then they just get shittier from there.
0: Yeah. Uh Bringing up uh, the next one. Um, not exactly a horror movie, but it's there in spirit The Haunted Mansion. I'll tell you, Disney's in a wicked rut. Uh, has been for I don't know a while. is uh,
1: who who's in this one though? What's her face?
0: So that is Rosario Dawson is I in know, it. I like her. Yep, she's pretty great. Right. Uh, Danny DeVito's in it, and um, I'm. In uh, you never,
1: you can't go wrong with Danny DeVito. That's the thing ever. is he's
0: he's in a part of his career where he's just going to play Frank Reynolds in everything he does, that's and fine. I'm totally <laughs> totally cool with that.
1: I mean, he um, spent the first half if not more of his career doing Louis De Palma. So
0: yeah. You know, the thing is, is like, I am a, uh, a haunted mansion obsessive, uh, that whole like silly Vincent price.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to dump your ashes in there. Happens all the time. Apparently
0: you motherfuckers better. Uh, but yeah, um, I am. I just, I love it. And it's, it really does. It's all of the shit that I want. Like I want out of that. Who's
1: the comedian that's in this though? The woman.
0: Uh, on,
1: uh God, i it. yes, her name is D- Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany Haddish. God, cut all of that shit out. <laughs> um, I think Tiffany Haddish, I, I don't know. In comedic roles, like, I really like her as an actor. Mm-hmm. Like, I like seeing her in shit. I think she plays a certain character very, very well. And I love seeing her in everything. I have not seen this movie, but I think she's great. I welcome anything with her in it. Oh yeah, this this seems pretty tired. Like, didn't we just do this a couple of years
0: ago? I know that was my first thought as like it like, just feels
1: like a weird opportunity to crank out more merch.
0: It that that is really it. Is it's just the, the Bob, Bob Iger Disney trying to figure something out. Uh, the weirdest thing about the movie to me is that Daniel Levy, isn't it? He gets a screen credit up top. Uh, he is in the movie for literally seconds. He has one line, and he, then he vanishes. For I the mean, rest he's, of great. The movie. he's great. He's great. I love wish it's great. When I saw it, when I saw his name in the credits, I was like, fucking hey, I love that guy. And then he disappears and I'm like, what? Why the fuck was his name in the credits? So, yeah, that. Uh, moving on. That sounds
1: like a let's see, this great cast in search of a movie.
0: Basically. Uh, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, too. She's Madame Leota. It's, it's mm-hmm. fun. It's stupid. You can bring your kids to it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, bringing it up. Saw 10. Um,
1: so, yeah, I, don't, and I do not care for these. Movies. I
0: know, I know, you know. I don't you do know, give a shit about Saw. I do sort of. Um, I've seen them all. I've have ranked them on my letterbox. They're uh, they're a mixed bag. I like. I think them. it's an int-
1: it was an interesting attempt to try to revive something gory from the past, and it yeah. worked a little bit. Uh, but I think everyone, I feel like when it comes to this franchise, people remember them in a lot different ways than they
0: actually were. It's kind of like how everybody's going through like a a, a a new metal nostalgia like people who are now like 30 years old or like 35 are now like really nostalgic for when they were like 13 years old and like Limp Bizkit was like all the hotness and Saw really does kind of fall into that milieu and so everybody oh, yeah. no, is- it's,
1: it's very much like fedoras and fucking soul patches. Like it's um, it's that idea The uh
0: what's the torture porn. It's torture uh, porn. Yeah.
1: Like a new French extremity where I'm like, look, I don't need to watch women get ripped apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But uh but yeah. There's a
1: whole genre of Italian films dedicated to that. Watch
0: (laughs) those. Yeah, this is true.
1: They're they're in the past where they belong. We don't need to keep recreating them.
0: Yeah. This one was made by the guy who made my least favorite entries in the entire series. Uh, but I like Tobin Bell a good deal. Um Kevin God, his, how do you say his fucking last name? Groot, Grudert, maybe? I, I don't know. But uh, How dare you. He, he did the last few when the series was really fucking sweaty and they were giving Anytime it.
1: Anytime you see someone doing multiple entries in a franchise, you got to raise an eyebrow.
0: Yeah. Looking yeah, but, at you, Hell House. But I think I think he only did like two two of them, but they're just like the two most tired. Uh, but like the thing is, is this is another one where they go back in time because the thing with, with Saw is like Jesus Jigsaw God. dies in the third one and we're on the 10th one. So they keep going like further back yeah, in we time. We should never
1: be on the 10th one. Yeah. You know what you do in the 10th one? You go to space. Hey, you know then what? Then it's they're, over.
0: They're making an 11th one. Yeah. But, well, uh, I,
1: hope the, I hope Jigsaw's fighting uh, fucking- uh, pinhead, Pinhead, and Freddy
0: Krueger.
1: Because <laughs> that's that is what happens in the eleventh one. Everybody. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. uh, let's see. Uh, Brooklyn Forty Five.
1: I have a lot of feelings about this one.
0: And and I, I under and I understand why. I don't um, know
1: what to make of it. I, I think it's a great experiment that is not
0: super good. That's the thing. Is that's why it's on my okayest part of the of the list. I love a locked room movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like just about everything that Larry Fessenden's in. The cast
1: of this movie is phenomenal.
0: Great. What's Absolutely. her name? And I
1: wish I could remember her name. I suck at this. I wish I could remember her name. The one from Mad About You, main character,
0: the woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like remember you. her name either.
1: Well, we're terrible people. Yes, um, we are. She is fantastic in this. I mean, she's she was also in uh, Taking of Deborah Logan. Yep. She was great in that, too. She's really good in this. I just, it's a solid story. It's really good acting. Great cast. Uh, Very which tense. It's really hard. It's hard with a locked box movie because yeah. you don't have. You can't go. This is a like locked room movie. You can't go anywhere.
0: You're relying entirely on cast chemistry uh, and story, and this pulls it off for the most part. Uh, I, th- I also like that that it gets a lot of the the period details. Uh, it kind of nails those down because it that does, is,
1: and it brings me to the thing that I struggled with the most.
0: Could have done without the homophobia.
1: Well, I. Um, I, yes and no, I, I think it's admirable to try to include that. It, it seems like an afterthought. It's like, okay, you don't really, you're using this as a plot device. You don't really want to dig into it anymore.
0: That's That's the thing is my, my whole feeling on that whole character is. He's here to be a fag. He, yeah, he could have, they could have done anything else with him and the outcome would have been the same. Right. And he's also, he's, he's so hyper-masculine.
1: And you can, you can do something with that. You can actually, you know, that, that is an interesting premise to say, okay, why is this person, uh, you know, in the, in the face of war, why is he so hyper-masculine and also trying to balance these two identities? I think the biggest, where this movie really goes wrong is that it's set in World War II. Yeah. And I don't know why you would do that because I don't see that this shit resonates with people. Why not use Vietnam?
0: That's true. It's, it's,
1: I, I mean, it's not a one to one, but like for these purposes, it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's just like a cre- it's it's just a director's decision. That's kind of what so he wanted far. To do. Well,
1: and I think that's the issue. Is this Ted Ted Gagin? Is that his name?
0: I think that's how you pronounce it. Same
1: uh, guy who did. Um, was it Mohawk? Yep. Uh, interesting writer. Does he's done a lot. He's written a lot more than I think he's directed. Yeah. He's a good writer. But I think this is there's just so many missteps in this where it's like I don't see this resonating with younger viewers. I mean it doesn't resonate with me and I'm not younger and
0: yeah you know what it definitely feels like a movie that fits in with the whole glass eye picks thing which is definitely yes. not a younger thing no. No, because Larry
1: President's been at this since the early 90s yeah if not late 80s
0: yeah. But, uh, um, it,
1: it also feels a lot like uh, it has a uh, kind of like ghost story that Peter Straub
0: Yeah, for story sure. when
1: the movie was in the 80s feels a little bit like that. Like it's, it's such phenomenal acting. It just it can't really seem to get itself together.
0: It, that's my thing. But is it, it doesn't quite gel. Yeah. I
1: wanted to love this and mm-hmm. I didn't. But no. I, but it it, it it left me thinking. And I think that is a sign of, of something. Like sure. if I can't walk. If I walk away from most of this shit and I'm just like, that's a terrible movie I will never watch again. Brooklyn Forty Five is a movie I will think about a lot because I think that there was something there that really could have been executed, and it just yeah.
0: Uh, before we hit my last one, I mean, sp- for I mean, sp- talking speaking of movies that we can't really remember much about or that leave you, kind of, what do uh, you got? Anything else?
1: Not from this section.
0: No. Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm going to close this out with uh, Evil Dead Rise.
1: I remember Which almost nothing about.
0: That. I have very little recollection of this movie. Now except I that will
1: say, in my defense, I was probably, I had probably taken an edible before watching it. <laughs> probably, I mean, definitely.
0: Yeah, uh, that's the one of the worst things a movie can do is leave me with nothing. Um, well,
1: and I, I should also say upfront, I'm not a big fan of of the Evil Dead franchise. I mean, I like them; they're fine. They're interesting. I, I I recognize their significance.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is, I and I put a very clear line of distinction between Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two because the, even though they are the same, yeah, Evil movie, Dead Two is
1: really what kicks off the the franchise.
0: Right. In, in they're they're basically they're fundamentally the same exact movie, but the Bruce Campbell funny man clown shit is really the one that I fell in love with first. And I still love, and it, and I always felt like there was there was something wasted in the way that that the original like nasty horror movie that they made in in the early '80s was kind of forgotten. The about. first one's
1: fucking mean.
0: It is, and I'm gl- it's gross but, and mean. And so, even though I don't feel particularly strongly about either of these new ones, um, I do I like didn't see the remake. It's surprisingly, it surprised the shit out of me. I was expecting to hate it and I came away liking it, but again. My understanding
1: of the remake, the only thing I really know about it is that even after so many times when Sam Raimi has said, I really wish I hadn't done that tree rape scene, they still, they do, still it do
0: it. They still do it.
1: It is so unnecessary and gross.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the thing the thing about it is I, I do appreciate that, there is, that there's somebody out there who's taking that. Iteration of the movie and trying to do something about it.
1: I guess the
0: parts about it about Evil Dead Rise that I do remember is the sort of really, really, very nasty rubber appliance. Yeah, no, it's that they gory did as fuck. I the love it. A-
1: I couldn't see anything.
0: It was so dark. It's so
1: dark. And uh, my understanding about this is that if you saw it in the theater, it was a very different experience. Which that is a problem, right?
0: There. Yeah, it's, you cannot it's,
1: replicate this. In especially now, if you can't replicate this, then- Vastly
0: maybe, more people are going to see this at home than in the movie yeah. theater, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: it, maybe that didn't used to be true, and maybe it won't be true in the future, but it was definitely true when it came out. Um, I thought, so this is a continuation, right? It's not like a reboot.
0: Correct. So like, the, the, so the- But it evil, doesn't add much to the story. I think that's a big problem for it with me, is and, they and didn't, they it didn't operates, expand a, on it.
1: It operates in an environment where it really could have because you get it's, you know, it's doing this thing with like um, impoverished they, places. And they do it.
0: They of- did They did it with, uh, it's again, we're talking about uh, Scream 6 again, where they took it to the city. Like this is a movie that is firmly planted in the forest. And this one takes it to a city and sticks it into a kind of tenement building.
1: Which like uh, you could do, you could do cool shit with that. There's oh, a lot yeah. of problems there that you can work with, mm-hmm. and they kind of try to, but in a way that feels kind of goofy and sort of shoehorned in.
0: Yeah, but I uh, do. I will
1: say I would give them bonus points for uh, casting a trans actor and not making that, not making that, a that trans other. identity a plot point.
0: Yeah, like, but, I thought yeah that was,
1: And the acting in general, I thought
0: was good. It was fine. It's yeah. It's just it didn't leave me. With much more than just like, eh, you know, it was okay, yeah, they, I guess. What they're
1: doing is they're recreating all the like creepy um, uh, uh, eyes through the trapdoor scenes. Yeah. And that's about where it all stopped.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So let's move on to stuff that we actually did like.
1: Oh, Th- and there, there are... were some of
0: those. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, numerous ones. So I'm going to start it out with uh, Renfield. Loved it. I loved it. Loved it to death. Delivered on Now, these- this <laughs> is
1: not ingenious. It is not original really at all, but it is super fun.
0: It's actually running on the same sort of silly, ultra-gory, Evil Dead 2 kind of line. And
1: it is probably the most violent movie I have seen in years. (laughs)
0: <laughs> like really?
1: it is disgustingly gross.
0: Yeah, yeah. It really it delivers on its promise of silly bullshit. you know,
1: really, it's a very char- again, it's that earnestness where it's like this is so charming.
0: Yeah. Because you've
1: got a great fucking cast. Like if Nicolas Cage was ever made for anything, it's this. Oh yeah,
0: and I this is um, a movie that was made specifically for him to lean into that sort of extreme Cage era that we're in right now. And like, I do he may not. As well I I do doing not kung object. kung fu moves. Like <laughs>
1: uh, and I thought Nicholas Holt was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I even thought Aquafina was good and I don't like her as I do not I don't,
0: I don't get her. I don't get her appeal at all, but, but I, I thought, thought she, she was, was pretty
1: good. Um, was it Ben Schwartz? Is he the,
0: uh, Yep, he's yep, he fantastic the bad guy.
1: in this as, all, as as well. Um, and he is, uh, Jean I was, Mario. yep.
0: <laughs> yep. I was surprised. I would do the whole singing thing, but I can't do it. Uh, but yeah, he, um, I was not expecting him to be the bad guy and he's fucking hilarious.
1: No, they. All, I think everybody was really great. It was so well cast. It was so well made. It's a really good example of how to take an old story and make it feel fresh, which is like for, you know, for better or worse, we're never going to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. And like, I think if you're going to do it, look at this as a model because it's fun it's, it, it takes a story that is very serious and makes it feel fresh and, and engaging and kind of like fun to watch.
0: Yep. And I'll tell you what I really, really loved about it most was the Dracula remake scenes where they cast their cast in the original, uh, yep. the original scenes. Fucking delightful. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, after that, uh, totally killer.
1: This is one that could have gone way the other direction, and it, it, the fact it is the cast alone that keeps it from
0: doing. So it. this is the thing: is what you'd mentioned earlier. I, if I had, I see. I have not seen Happy Death Day. I have not seen It's a Wonderful Life. I think that if I'd seen either Happy of Death those, Day is a good movie. I think that if I'd seen either of those before this one, I might have been a little bit more cynical because, as I'm finding. This whole like teens go back in time, teens go to another dimension, teens, you know, and then but it's also a slasher movie. Like, this is back to the future, it's a wonderful knife, is obviously it's a wonderful life. Happy Death Day is Groundhog Day. Like, they're all kind of doing these tropes. I think that if I'd got- to, which if those- you've
1: never seen them before, probably feels fun, but yeah, if you have seen them before over and over again, it's like, oh. This again,
0: yeah, but okay, but I thought this one was fun as hell. um I it's think the,
1: I think it's the cast. I think it is one hundred percent the cast that 100%. really elevates this because.
0: Kiernan and chemistry is awesome. between
1: she is phenomenal in this. Yeah. Like she's good in most things that I've seen her in, but she is really because she is she is so charming. She is so cute and like you just you kind of love. Oh her yeah, in I everything.
0: I'll tell you what I loved. I I love Sabrina and i'll i'll tell you she was one of the most fascinating characters in mad men because she was fucking don draper's like one weak spot and so she was like a very like interesting characteristic of that whole that whole thing. And she's just like, whatever she does, I'm going to fucking watch. And this –
1: I mean, this could have gone the other direction so easily because it could have been very dismissive in that way of like, oh, you used to be this way. And it's like oh, – Oh, yeah.
0: Man. Yeah, because like, the thing is, is – She does it
1: in a way that's very much like, okay, I don't have time for that.
0: You're walking a tightrope when you make a movie about modern teenagers reacting to the way people used to be. Right. <laughs> But it it I don't know it works here and it was it's also sad.
1: like the way they used to be not that long ago and <laughs> nope. I think like I think her friend I can't remember the the, the girl's name uh, uh, the character in the present the gr- day who kind of like, oh. helps her yeah,
0: yeah she's yeah.
1: fantastic as well and their chemistry is so good uh-huh. like everybody oh. just it all works together
0: even even the fact that she's just like oh yeah by the way my science project is a, is a time machine whatever
1: yep. <laughs> like it's real. Like it, it just it has that sort of like don't ask too many questions just fucking go with it yeah and you're gonna have a good time and it really does like it's it's kind of a predictable story by the time you get to the end you're like oh well i didn't quite see this coming but it feels very now of the moment like yep. without this cast this would have been really bad yeah but because would've... of who's in it i mean everybody Like julie bowen's fantastic everybody's so fucking but there's so many threads where it's like, do not pull on these. The whole movie comes apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, let's see. The next one. Um, I don't know if you'd seen this. Did you ever get around to When Evil Lurks?
1: No. My understanding is that it has a, a pretty awful dog death in it.
0: Um. Well, in the sense that the dog kills a child. Uh, well, but no, I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah. Um, but it's- there,
1: I, 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 I have to check. Horror movies. I check them on. Does the dog die? Because I, I can't. I can't do violent animal death. or violent dog death. I won't do them. And so I haven't watched this one. This is Argentinian. Yeah, Yep.
0: Again, uh, it's another
1: example of like uh, foreign horror is doing it better.
0: Yep. It's the thing that that really that I fucking love about it more than more than anything else is it does a thing that I very see. I see so seldom, and it is the movie has a very specific very particular internal mythology happening it happens it's taking place in a world where demonic possession is a real thing that happens to people and if you do not deal with it in a very specific way then the possessed people like eventually sort of erupt and wipe out entire parts of the world so there is this weird crisis that is never really fleshed out it's just kind of thrust at you as soon as the movie starts and you kind of ride along with it and at no point does it ever feel obligated to explain itself and so is even, it
1: metaphorical like is it this n- sort of idea of like there is a world full of evil and if we don't do something about it it will destroy us all
0: uh, maybe but like this this it, it, it does not ever hint at like a sort of larger point or anything like that okay. it's just it's just a not horror like a movie story it's got a it's got a whole thing going on and it's the th- sort of thing that was like if if they don't make a sequel. I'm going to fucking write it myself because like, th- it is such a fascinating little world that this, I know this- it's
1: got a lot of, I got a lot of praise just sort of generally speaking. And again, I love,
0: I'm a oh, big man.
1: fan. I'm a, I'm a, oh, I am ai am do not want to say a big fan. I'm a, uh, a fan and a, a heading towards big fan of Latin American horror. Mm-hmm. I think there's, <laughs> it's such fertile ground. Unfortunately, it's, it, you know, like, like most places, but uh, Latin, Latin America is very, troubling and troubled history and a lot of recent trauma to work from mm-hmm. um i think that's why we get a lot of this and you get a lot of shit that's like stumbling around in the dark a lot of really low budget stuff but every now and then these things come out and it's like wow like
0: uh
1: did you see um uh, la llorona not the not the shitty james wan it,
0: no, james no wan I've first, not.
1: but the other one that is an incredible movie that is, so, it was so fucking good, and when I, I finished watching it, I was like, "Jesus Christ, it's, I feel terrible."
0: It is the James Wan one that I is the that I kept confusing it with, so I deliberately have avoided anything with La Llorona. I know it that is, it's a
1: phenomenal. movie.
0: I know that Uike Horror have talked about those movies a little they, bit. Yeah,
1: they do it on that. They do it on. on- with uh, K. Okay, horror and they I think they did this one as
0: well. Yeah, but oh yeah, they did this one just recently. This if, one was kind of
1: if y'all aren't listening to that show, you are missing out. They
0: it's the, really the fucking, fucking best. Good. Uh yeah, but like this is this was a big hype one. It it kind of like landed, I believe it's Sitgis or maybe it was Toronto, but it landed basically at one of the film festivals and was like a fucking fart in church. Like everybody was all just stopped what I they love were that doing. Shit.
1: I love when people are like, hey here's a movie that is going to just fucking bowl you over in in one way or another because it You're is going to react is, to
0: it. It is very, very nasty and very dark. So bear that in mind. I love
1: that shit though. Like if, as long as my only, the only thing that put me off was like, I, if it has awful animal death, I really struggle with that. Cause I just don't want to see it. I and gotta I go it's
0: cheap. I gotta go back. I mean, the dog dies, but it's not like, I, I don't remember. I don't, believe it happens on screen but the thing involving the dog is it does that thing like when a dog picks up a doll and like whips Look, it around
1: you can mow down a fucking field of babies i don't give a shit about that yeah. humans are awful i don't care about that <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it does that thing where like yeah it picks up a doll and like whips it around it does that with a with a human child and it was i was like holy shit was not expecting that to happen so yeah it's it's a it's a fucked up movie it's got a lot in common with the whole evil dead thing though it's very not it's definitely not like going like hey you know evil dead right like we're doing that too it's definitely it's very original it's doing its own thing it's just similar in tone so it's it's pretty heavy and the way and it's one of those movies that sort of like really commits to its whole like gloom and doom premise so yeah it goes all the way through uh but-
1: on to the last one which to be, for me was the the
0: horror film of the year. Oh yeah. 100% all the way. Speaking of committing to its premise, fucking talk to me. Loved it. Loved it. I can't, and the thing was, is, and I feel like such a fucking snob about this, but it had so much going against it. When I went in, it's got the fucking A24 logo on it, which I just, I cannot, I cannot fucking cotton to. I fucking hate that stuff. um, It was made by YouTubers, which
1: also could have been a huge problem because talentless, Not these guys, though.
0: No, Um, and 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 also, lastly, it's modern, and I, you know, it's say it's very fair to say that we are largely dismissive of modern horror movies. Not this one, and
1: I will readily admit most of that comes from like we're just too old. Like I'm, this shit is not for me. I mean, and I watch a lot of stuff where I'm like, I don't get this, and I think it was probably around like once I reached forty, I think that was when I started to be like, oh. It's not that it's bad. It's just that it's not for me. Yeah. like I'm not the market
0: here. When I used to, I I definitely, I used to be really shitty about that where I'd be like, man, fuck this. This is, this is the stupidest shit I've ever seen. And like, this is definitely not for me. Uh, But that last part, not for me, was something that I eventually kind of was like, oh, okay, well, this, I'm talking about a very subjective experience as though. And it's, because it's, that's a
1: hard thing to accept
0: too. When yeah. you're like, oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the world just <laughs> moved on without me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Think. But this, this one had me Right this out is of the another
1: game. one, too, that is, I think, really saved, not even saved, because it's a good premise, but this is a movie that is propped up by really good acting from young people, which is yep. rare.
0: The thing that also is that I could tell was they had probably been working this, these, this script in drafts for yeah. years because it is yeah. very tight and it is uh it, it's it's extremely original like I have never seen a movie that does this
1: it's a hard sell too because it's like this is a, an interesting I don't want to say nuance but it's it's like, another one of those it's a complicated story
0: yeah it's another one of those ones where you just kind of have to go with it because like what is this hand thing? They never really give it to you. You just and have I to accept that. that. You just have to accept that it's there. And I, so. you know,
1: I and I when to watch this. It made me think of something that when we did uh, watcher in the woods and yep. I, we got to the end and Terry said something uh, to me that was like, I don't know. I'm going to paraphrase, but she was basically just like, Oh, I don't, you know, uh, I didn't need the movie to kind of lay it all out. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized the difference between that and this is that, um, this is they're not laying it out for you here. They're basically just like, I don't know, come up with whatever ex- explanation you want. It doesn't really matter. Whereas in that movie, it's like, no, that's just bad writing. That's Watcher in the is, Woods is bad writing. Watcher in the Woods is good writing that lets your mind take over.
0: Yeah, Watcher in the Woods is definitely very shoddy and slapdash. This one is written in such a way that no matter, no matter, the, they never tell you what this hand is, but it doesn't matter. For whatever exactly. reason, I and was just ready great. to accept that. I loved it. I yeah. love
1: it. it doesn't matter. I think that is such a great, and when you can use that well, it's rare that people can really pull it off, but when they do, it's so fucking good because this movie, it, the premise alone makes me uncomfortable. I don't like, uh, I, I make no secret of the fact that I don't like teenagers. Um, I don't <laughs> like children in general. I, uh, okay. I don't like people.
0: But, yours, uh, children. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But I don't really like. I I don't like them, and I don't like watching them in movies. And I it, generally because I, uh, teenagers are inherently selfish, and there's a reason for that. And oh, I, yeah, I, I get it. But you watch them make bad choices, and I hate watching them make bad choices. And this is a movie that really exploits that. Yeah. Because you are going to watch a one particular teenager make incredibly selfish choices, one after another after another, and you're gonna hate her the entire time, mm-hmm. and. But they carry that thread from the very beginning to the very end. And they carry the metaphor from the very beginning to the very end. Because the, the moment when she stops uh, – I'm trying not to spoil things.
0: But yeah, like, yeah.
1: The moment where she stops uh, uh, with the dying kangaroo in the road, And, like, the dying kangaroo becomes a metaphor that is carried through this entire movie to the very end. And you're like, oh, not only does this girl make shitty choices one after another because she's a selfish asshole – she also cannot do the right thing
0: yep. ever. Yep. I and, that's and the in the end,
1: it turns out like the right thing is actually the wrong thing. But like, <laughs> it's still she can't even do it. That and it's like nope. it turns out to be the sort of saving grace. It was so. It was so good.
0: It commits to its premise. It's smart.
1: It's tight. It's fantastic.
0: Yep. And the thing that I really do I do appreciate about it is that it does not wimp out in the end. Nope. I, you know, I don't need, I don't, I definitely don't want every, every horror movie I watch to be a fucking gloom and doom fest straight to the ending. But every now and then when it happens and it happens. Sometimes you
1: need Ben to be killed. You need Ben to be shot in the head through the window at the end. Like you need it to happen.
0: Yeah. And so. You
1: need a bad ending. Because it's like, I I like that shit. It's like, I like when you don't, you know, nobody gets away clean.
0: Yep. And I love it. Um,
1: I I thought there was a bit like uh, at the very end, it feels a little producer notey when it's like, uh, you know, you got to have her go into the void type of thing. I'm like, I don't yeah. really need that. Like you're yeah. setting it up for a sequel, which I don't like, but eh, whatever. Take whatever.
0: It. Yeah. I suppose. Uh, I'm going to give you an
1: honorable mention, though. Okay. You have not seen but you fucking need to see. And it's not quite a horror movie. I'm, I'm going to tell you about Godzilla minus
0: one. Ooh, I know, I know, I fucking know. I've got to see it. I have not yet. I, I mean, definitely is, will. I
1: love that it is breaking records in the U.S. because let's be honest, Americans don't watch foreign movies for shit
0: for the right, most part. Right.
1: Um, and and to be fair, the uh, the Toho lineage is a little silly, a little bit dopey. And then that when they kind of rebooted the franchise, it's so. Culturally specific, but mm-hmm. if you don't have that whole kind of uh, uh, knowledge of the history of the franchise, shit like Shin Godzilla feels—it it just feels out of reach. It's it feels
0: disconnected really a little bit, and you yeah.
1: know, and I like Shin Godzilla. I think I love
0: it. I think it's fantastic. I, I
1: haven't seen the other. I haven't seen like Shin Kamen Rider. I haven't seen other
0: Shin other, Ultraman like, is great.
1: I would like to see them, and I will watch them when I have time. But like, I will I have, watch.
0: I will watch anything Hideaki Anno makes. Uh, he has secured me as a lifelong fan with ne- Neon Genesis Evangelion. So this, yeah,
1: this movie though is they're doing something so new and so different that you, I have not seen uh, come from Japan. I I don't think ever really, but like, and I see a lot of people being like, "Well, it's the greatest uh, Godzilla movie ever. The greatest Kaiju movie." I don't agree with that. I think Godzilla is the greatest Godzilla movie ever. <laughs> um, for a lot of different reasons. I not, think this not, is, d- not
0: destroy all monsters? I,
1: that is a, that is the Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 of kaiju movies. <laughs> <laughs> Will I watch it? Absolutely. Oh, do I God, love the yes. score? I sure do. Yep. Um, I, I, I do not think this is the best. I think it is the second best. Yeah. Because it this is essentially, again, this is sort of like, how do you reboot something? How do you remake something? This is how you do it. Because yeah. what Godzilla Minus One essentially is, is a remake of the original. And it is done through such a modern lens where the original is a, a kind of a rumination on what happened after the
0: war. Yeah.
1: They don't really say, they never say anything about Americans. They, never, they don't directly address it, but you know what they're talking about. This oh, is sure. They're processing the bombs. And it is done, and it's very dark.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the the thing that I think people are surprised by when they catch up to Godzilla is how fucking bleak that movie is. It
1: is, and it is. I think it's also a very beautiful movie. I think there are scenes in that movie that are so stunningly gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The ending of Godzilla is one of my probably top five favorite scenes ever. Yeah, the underwater moment. Um, and this is done. They do this with homage. They do in this new one. There's homage. Uh, they do like shot for shot remake, like, like scene recreations of like Godzilla with the train in his mouth. Yeah. Um and shit like that. And it's really it's like real cool. Like if you know, you know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I've seen this before and it looks really cool. Um, but otherwise, it is they f- kind of flip the script a little bit and it's it becomes a thing of what what responsibility do we bear for what happens? And it is this question of why are we all so okay with the fact that the government seems to think that we are expendable
0: people. Yeah.
1: Lives are expendable in the name of war. And, and it really brings up the question of like this question of honor or uh, something about uh, Kamikaze, because the main character is a Kamikaze pilot who who refuses or sort of fails to uh, fulfill his destiny and, and carries lots of shame because of that. And that becomes a thing they carry through to the end. And it, it really – it is confrontational in a way that you – I have never seen in a Japanese movie. And I think it is really, really impressive because they really pull it off. Like it could go wrong at any minute because you're also balancing it with like we also want to see a giant lizard come out of the water and eat a boat. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? You get that too. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of people bitching about like, well, why aren't there – Godzilla's hardly in it. And it's like, yeah, the original wasn't really about Godzilla either. Right. Because Godzilla is a metaphor.
0: I think that's the thing is people got to remember – most of the Toho Godzillas are 90 minutes to two hours and maybe 20 minutes of it is Godzilla fighting. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it, but right. it is a phenomenal movie. Like, I, I, this was another one. Like, I don't go to the movies a lot. I've, Like I said, I didn't go to the movie. I hadn't been in 10 years until I went to see Scream. I have been to the movies more in the last year than I have in the last, I don't know, 20 years probably. I went to see this IMAX theater. It was
0: fucking great. That's awesome. It was so awesome. I think it's still, great. I think it's still playing up the street for me. It's just, I have nobody to go to it with. So just go alone.
1: It's, it is an absorbing movie. You know, it starts to drag a little bit here and there. There's things where it's like, yeah, you could have cut this out. You don't need to, but if you wanted to for length, you could have. And uh, it was such a phenomenal movie. I loved it. I think it's, it's again, it's another one of those moments where it's like, if you want to reboot some shit, here's how you do it.
0: Yeah. Do this. Yeah. Not bad. Twenty twenty three, we hardly knew ye. But uh, yeah, a few genuine hits and a lot of fucking middling garbage. So that's
1: right. She came from the woods.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Tooby. Sacrifice. You did it again. you old yeah. bastard. Fucking Skinamarink. Let us never speak of it again.
1: Yep, a Tooby original.
0: Oh God. All right, people. Uh, let us let us know. Uh, yeah. You what, know,
1: what fucking what movies did did you all like seeing?
0: Yeah. You know how to get in touch with us, you know, drop us a line on Instagram, drop, you know, I'll put, I'll put a Q and a, um, in, in this show, you know, do it, uh, you know, send us an email, send us a fucking YouTube comment, whatever. Uh, we definitely love hearing from you guys. So, you know, it's been an awesome year and uh, year two is going to be even better. So thanks for listening and uh, keep on listening. So Damn. yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be back in a week with, uh, black Christmas.